0: This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses, shaping our future economy and society, Scottish Mortgage is considered the flagship trust of Edinburgh-based investment managers Bailey Gifford and is the UK's largest investment trust. As with any investment, please note capital is at risk. To find out more, please visit
1: scottishmortgageit.com. Hello, my name's John Schaefer from welcome to The Wealth Show from CityWire. In today's episode, I spoke with Chris Rogers, Head of Investments at Sanlam, about investing through tougher market conditions. He believes there's too much gloom around FANG stocks and that there are certain opportunities to be had in consumer staples and house builders. Chris, thanks for joining me today. Obviously, a pretty miserable time in markets so far this year. And it um, looks like we are going forward towards a sort of recessionary environment. And obviously, the S&P has gone into bear market territory. Um, where can fund managers invest during a bear market?
0: First of all, I don't disagree with, with your um, overview there. I, I do agree that we are in a bear market. Um, I think it's it's fair to say that we've been heading into this market in a strangely predictable fashion um, for for the best part of this year. Once it became obvious um, that the Fed was going to tighten policy more aggressively in the face of inflation, um, then then I think the all the the pieces were sort of laid out in front of us for a for a more traditional cycle. And I say traditional because, remember, we have come out of the most exceptional period um, of uh, COVID-related economic lockdowns. So in in one sense, perversely, whatever we we face in terms of a traditional recession now, uh, it will not compare on sort of economic statistics terms with with the actual shutdown of an economy, which sees GDP plunge by whatever it was, 10, 15, 20 percent, when you literally turn everything off. And, and I think that was a genuinely frightening experience and I think the inflation that we're experiencing now is obviously um, a function of all the stimulus that was thrown at the economy to, to to keep things afloat so the upshot is as an investor how do we respond to that um, we've seen all the obvious moves with um, commodity prices hiked up and oil prices off the back of that and metal um, uh, mining shares performing as well and um, and then the, the, the other impact of, of the, the rising um, bond yields is to undermine the valuations of, of equities, particularly the, the so-called long-duration equities, where you're, you're paying for growth in the future, and that's obviously the, the high-growth technology areas. Um, and the, the rising bond yields really does bring those down to earth, quite literally, um, in, in valuation terms. So, so we've seen a big adjustment there. Now, I think that to be truthful, I honestly think that we have seen the best part of that valuation adjustment. So, um, whilst it's all been about, you know, growth versus value for the last several months as you know, the, the growth stocks have, have have um have seen an enormous P compression. Um and I'm not really referring to all the the wacky stuff that went on last year, you know, the the meme stocks, the that, that all those stocks with no profits and it was all hope value and the SPACs and the cryptos that went with it, there was so much nonsense that went on because of the, the excess money that was put into the system to, to keep economies afloat um, it, and then that finding its way into financial markets. That nonsense is over, completely over, and no one in their right mind would start bottom fishing in those areas. Um, it was a, a an anomalous period for markets. Um, akin to the sort of Nasdaq bubble of, of um, 20 years prior. Um, and that's not going to be returning anytime soon, in my view. Okay, But that's not to say there isn't plenty of good, solid value around in, in some of those other growth stocks, which had literally just become too expensive for, for a reasonable valuation-aware investor to, to get involved in.
1: Some of the growth stocks that have had a lot of heat on them and, and corrected somewhat, still have pretty eye-watering PE ratios. I mean, if you look at Tesla, it's still sort of pushing 100 um, as a PE ratio. I mean, and, and, and it's not alone. There are some other growth stocks, perhaps not quite as high as that. But, you know, they're still um, trading on pretty high valuations. Do you think there's not, not more market route to come for some of those stocks?
0: Um, I mean, you mentioned Tesla specifically, and I, again, I wouldn't disagree with you on Tesla. I'd, I wouldn't put Tesla into the category of, of a sort of a normal um, growth evaluation type situation. I think Tesla still um, attracts a sort of a fan club um, following. It's a bit of a cult stock. Um, if you if you think that Elon Musk is, is a genius and that he's going to make everybody's fortunes and and have a dominant share of the electric vehicle market, then you know, good luck. That's uh, an act of faith, I think. Um, the, the reality for me would be that he will have a decent share. They may, may well continue to be a market leader, but they're not going to have the markets themselves. So I, I personally have have um, never got the valuation of Tesla. I do not get that. It's it's uh, again, it's a bit of a cult situation. But um, to to answer your question, I think there are plenty of of those um, stocks, the growth stocks, the fangs, for want of a better um, word, uh, that have become um, perhaps much better value now. And, you know, none of us have a crystal ball and, and, you know, trying to sort of pick the the exact bottom is a bit of a fool's errand. But I think on any sort of sensible long-term investment horizon, the likes of, Microsoft and um, Amazon and Alphabet um, and Apple um, probably can be justified now. Um, whereas when they were 30% higher um, nine months ago, uh, it was a challenge. Um, so I'm not saying that they're screamingly cheap, but I think that they are at, at a fair value um, for the growth that they offer. Um, so much depends on the outlook for bond yields and inflation, of course. Um, so, uh, you know, that's that's the real six million dollar question is six trillion dollar question, I guess if I would say where, you know, when is the inflation rate going to roll over and uh, when are bond yields going to, to sort of stop rising? And for my money, we're, we're pretty much there on the bond yields. I think, you know, a few days ago, a week ago, after some very bad, um, I mean, it wasn't that much of a shock, really bad inflation numbers out of the U.S., the yield spiked up to, what is it, 3.4% on a 10-year bond? And I think we've kind of edged down now. Um, We're at that point, if you look at a yield curve where it's a very flat curve, I wouldn't say it's inverted yet, but it's a signal that much slower economic growth is definitely anticipated. And, um, you know, bond and equity investors are responding to that in a reasonably predictable fashion in terms of of what's being purchased now.
1: With... Somewhat unpredictable rate hikes um, over, over the next year or two. I mean, what value are you seeing in in fixed income in, in terms of your portfolios?
0: I mean, if if one takes the view that there will be some eventual reversion of inflation towards the sort of two percent target levels, okay, maybe two and a half that in banks, central banks will live with, but they 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 have all the the tools within their armory to to make sure that inflation is brought to heel. And, and some of the effects that will cause it to spike up are indeed transitory. I think supply disruptions will eventually be normalized. Um, and um, the base effects will, will will kind of roll over on, on many of those commodity prices. Um, and hopefully wage inflation will be contained. So if you assume that inflation does settle back down towards, let's say, two and a half three percent 3%, just to be cautious, then then a bond yield at, at three and a half, a 10-year bond yield, is is not unreasonable.
1: That's assuming a, a, a inflation's cooled by that much.
0: It does. It does, of course. And I, I think it's more likely to cool um, quite rapidly in the US, I think, um, than perhaps in the UK. We've still got a lot of kind of murky effects from Brexit um, to contend with. Um, and, you know, that the pound hasn't been, you know, that well, what's helping the U.S. inflation, I think, in the next 12 months will be the fact that the dollar's been so strong. So um, imported uh, prices um, will, will be much lower, um, and that will help to contain inflation over the next 12 months. So I could seriously see inflation in the U.S. coming down to, to, to 3%, 4% within a year. Okay, and then and then to trend a little bit lower gradually thereafter. In sector terms, though, I I suppose the the short answer to your question is I think that we're now at that point where the extremes of growth and value have probably run their course in in terms of a relative, you know, normalization of of growth stock valuations. I think some of the value stocks that performed were actually, if you look at it, it was very much commodity led um, and. And I think if commodity prices cool off then uh, then some of the steam that's already happening actually is coming out of you know the oil price and um, metal prices
1: is now a good time to sort of have a lot of dry powder i e cash or is it a good time to be buying the dip?
0: A bit of both truthfully I mean you, if it's definitely way too late to be raising cash if you if you haven't already got cash in my mind um, because you know I, I see us now kind of bouncing around at these levels uh, for a time um, until there's more visibility on on the inflation situation and, and we can then start to, to anticipate properly the, the end of the tightening process. Um, and it may well take a, a mild recession in order to force central banks to, to believe that the job is done. Um, well, markets will be ahead of that. Uh, And we're trying to anticipate it. Um, And so I don't think it's too early to be putting cash into the market. I think now to be doing it gradually from now uh, is is literally the right time.
1: Perhaps you could give three stock names you think would actually perform quite well in a recessionary environment.
0: The three types of stocks that will do well, I think, are resilient growth companies. and I think um, the, the likes of Microsoft or Alphabet, if you want, sort of global names. Um, if you want, uh, I mean, UK uh, names. I suspect stocks like Sage, um, from these levels, having corrected quite a lot, um, will be it's good, good entry levels. Um, the the other category of stocks that do well in a recession are um, staples. Um, you know, so. Um, some of these areas perform quite well already, of course, on the staple side of things. It's the flip side of the correction in cyclicals and technology valuation compression. So a lot of the staples have had a good rally. Um, I'm thinking, you know, stocks like um, tobaccos have done very well. So I'm I'm not sure I'd put those into the the portfolio as as fresh holdings now. Um, But I think in the consumer space, if you wanted something defensive, maybe Maybe Unilever is a good recovery prospect now, I think. Um, obviously, they're under pressure. I think is it Nelson Peltz is on the board now. And um, so it, it's been a perennial stock which has needed to sort of improve its operating performance or profitability, I should say, margins. And, and I think there's more pressure to do that now. So I think Unilever... The market's been a little bit wary of their ability to pass on cost pressures. So, you know, a little bit of questioning over the margins. Um, But I think they'll get there. So, I'd say Unilever as a consumer staple uh, would be a decent um, purchase at these levels. Um, And then, as a deep contrarian, um, where the market's worrying about recession already. I think that's the that's the other way to play it okay i I absolutely concede that we're going into a, a a sharp slowdown because of, of reduced purchasing power um, for um, for the consumer um, but I do think that a lot of that in some sectors is already reflected and I think the the one that stands out in the u k is house builders i mean house building is i mean the property prices are still um, very strong. Um, the operating performance of house builders is still good. Um, there's talk of a cooling off in the housing market and, and quite obviously, um, rising interest rates will, will dampen down demand. But if you look at the share prices of house builders, um, Taylor Wimpey, for example, they are at rock bottom levels. So whatever the bad news is on the horizon, I'd be reasonably um cautiously optimistic that it's in the price, and so i 'd I'd, I'd happily buy some of those bombed out you know cyclicals such as a house builder such as Taylor Wimpy, where I think bad news is already reflected in the price, and yet the operating position and the the fundamentals um are not don 't seem at all bad but there, there's a sentiment response into higher interest rates
1: there's clearly some some bad news on the horizon, but there's also an incredible amount of demand for houses in the UK. Um,
0: Absolutely. I mean, and it's, it's structural and we, we have been under building homes for, for many, many years. Um, and um, so I do think that whatever sort of slowdown we get in the broader economy, um, and we may well get a, you know, a cooling off in the housing market, I do think that um, to be buying stocks like a house builder at these levels is is a, is a sensible long-term thing to do.
1: Sure. Um wanted to look at your, your fund range. and um, What's been kind of popular plays recently and which funds have people been kind of shying away from?
0: Curiously, the, the one that's not attracted the demand that I might have expected, and we've actually seen a, a few redemptions, is on... Uh, a global index-linked fund. We have a very um, successful um, index-linked portfolio. Um, it's good, good performance against its peer group and against its its indices, um, and and yet, index-linked as a group, don't as a as an investment class hasn't performed as as well as one might have thought given the inflation backdrop, and 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 that's very recently I have to say. And the the reason for that is that uh, I think with the more aggressive tightening of policy, you've seen a rise in real yields uh, just of late. So the fact that there is more resolve on the part of central banks to address inflation now has actually, in the just in the short term, hurt the index linked market. And we have actually seen a, a, a few redemptions. Um, the flip side of that in one sense, is the resilience of the um, investment base in the AI fund. We've got an artificial intelligence global equity fund, um, which invests in companies which are using artificial intelligence to improve um, their competitiveness to disrupt their industries. And um, and that has had quite a a growthy flavor to it. And the the unit price has has come back um, quite a long way. But I think the investors in a fund like that fully understand what they're buying into and have, have been very resilient. And I would expect that to be attracting um, new monies um, once there's kind of confidence that we're at a, at a flaw in the market. I'm uh, a, 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 something of a sort of contrarian uh, optimist at the moment. I think there's too much, too much pessimism around. It's very obvious if you look at investor surveys uh, an awful lot of pessimism. I Even mean, the share prices tell us that investors are also um, cautious. Um, so I'm I would be uh, a contrarian optimist currently. I think that's the right stance, and I think I can I can sense the the the, the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of inflation rolling over, um, and uh, I think bond yields discount an awful lot of bad news um, already, um, and growth stocks have had such a a sell-off that I think values there now stack up uh, for for, um, long-term investors again.
1: Great stuff. Well, Chris, thanks so much for joining me. Okay. Cheers. This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's
0: most promising and exceptional companies. From healthcare breakthroughs, to electric vehicles, to a green energy revolution, Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses, shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk.